episode of Emerald Echo, a Green Lantern podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam. And with me is my co-host, Donnie, the Emerald enthusiast himself. Donnie, how's it going? What's up, Lantern fans? It's the podcasting machine, the big nerd in green, the man whose ring runs on fanboy energy, and it never goes dark. It is the Emerald enthusiast. That was quite something. Uh, now, your fanboy energy never goes dark even when you sleep. Absolutely not. I just glow all night long. All right. Okay. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that's very, uh, very nice for your wife. She's a glowing green entity. Just, uh, she's trying to sleep. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's cool. Uh, I don't know what happens when I sleep, other than I probably snore. Uh, so I can't help you there. You know. If I'm glow, if I'm glowing, it's probably um, a, a blue kind of mix between blue lanterns and leaf colors although <laughs> although hope i'd fail as a blue lantern right now because uh, not much hope where the leaves are concerned uh, yeah just like saint walker's ring just kind of hovering right here yeah, um, hopeless you know <laughs> black black hand came and got the leaves in game seven uh, that's, that's for sure the last episode, um, we had, we were lucky enough to have Jeffrey Thorne, uh, who is currently writing uh, the Green Lantern mm -hmm. comic book series. Um, it, it's been uh, tremendously received. A lot of you enjoyed it. Uh, and so uh, we thank you for watching. Um, and we are happy to say that we, it uh, looks like we're going to have Jeffrey back on. Um, after the next few issues of, of the Green Lantern series um, come out, and we'll have another um, post, you know, uh, post game State of the Union, whatever you want to call it, uh, on the issues themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, but the purpose of today's episode is to review the latest issue of Jeffrey Thorne's mm -hmm. uh, story, which is Green Lantern number three. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Donnie. Give us a little bit of info. Uh, yeah. Before we do that, I do want to mention just briefly here, short film by some fans, an actor by the name of BZ Cullens, who you will know from the short film In Brightest Day, is now putting out a sequel called In Blackest Night Out. And we will put the link information uh, in the in the description below. And we'll talk a little bit more about this in the future. But check that out. BZ is a very nice guy, very talented actor, and it looks like he has even more people lined up this time, more talent to play the Green Lantern characters that you know and love. All right, cool. I will, I will check that out, of course. And, uh, and they dedicated these films to the memory of Dwayne McDuffie, by the way. So I think that's admirable, admirable as well. So Yes, indeed, indeed. So yeah, definitely uh, be on the lookout for that, and uh, I'll check them out as well. And uh, yeah, we we could definitely discuss both of them uh, at a later in a later episode. Mm -hmm. But uh, in as it pertains to episode uh, issue three, rather, give us uh, the rest of the creative team and uh, and a little bit of a what where we left off and what happens. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm going to do my best as always. I'm sorry if I mangle your name. 
You don't so like we, this Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you like it. You're sadistic, man. Uh, so we have, of course, Jeffrey Thorne, Tom Rainey, Marco Santucci, Michael Atia, Rob Lay, Bernard Chang, Alex Sinclair. They're on the covers. Brian Hitch and Alex Sinclair with the variant covers. Bixie Mathau, Mike Cotton, and James S. Rich. This is the entire creative team. Fantastic. If I mangled your name, just tell me how to pronounce it correctly. And I'm sure you bought all the variants, correct, honey? There was only two, and yes, I did. Oh, yeah. good. I'm glad. I'm glad I know you so well now, Donnie, that I could just, you know, <laughs> and, and know that you, yeah. you went ahead and, and bought both covers. But, um, but, yeah, so where do we leave off and what's going on? Well, where we left off was the Quest Lanterns going through the barrier. And we saw at the end of the previous issue, of course, that the battery was destroyed. And this story called Cosmology Lesson deals with the after effects of the battery just being absolutely decimated. Right. So this story opens, interestingly enough, it opens up with John and the other lanterns looking like they're in a high school story. They're all, really, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're all sitting in class, and uh, <laughs> it's really interesting. I've had this dream before, uh, or dreams like this, where I'm back in school, and John, and you know, he starts to realize, as I've I have done too. He sees people from different times in his life, and he knows some, something's not right here. This is this is not how it happened. Um, so, yeah, he has this dream about high school. There's a bunch of lanterns in it. There's Salak. There's Kilowog. And um, we're introduced to... I love Kilowog as the class bully. That was as the class... <laughs> uh, yeah, great art here from Tom Rainey, especially when it comes from... Uh, when it comes to these scenes... But um, we, <clears throat> we see that the ship that we saw in issue two, okay, we see the remnants of that, and we see that the, the lanterns are building a sector house, which I think they call it the lighthouse at one point. Yeah. But uh, we see a bunch of the lanterns that went through with him, including Ken's, who's the, the new character that we saw. We saw her in Future State, and... It's interesting there, you know, all the lanterns are in space. And, of course, we see what we knew what was going to happen. And that is the rings being depowered at terrible times for all these lanterns. Yes. Uh, and that, I've got to say, now, as much as I knew it was coming, um, I, I think my favorite panel in this was uh, John. And it, it's uh, it's like the title page right above the, the one that says Cosmology Lesson. John kind of gripping at his chest and throat because his ring's been depowered. And remember, the lantern's rings sustain their life. So a human being in space, not going to survive. And John oh, realizes... Yeah, yeah, it's not going to end well. If you yeah, he is, he is seconds away from death. And I think that was my favorite um, panel in this because... Uh, it was very uh, striking, yeah. Tom Rainey was really able to bring out, you know, the horror of having that happen, being in deep space and all of a sudden you can't breathe i agree you know? yeah we saw we saw a similar scene in uh in injustice where uh sinestro uh pulls off kyle's it will pulls off his entire finger and 
when he loses the ring, of course, he can no longer breathe in space. Yeah. Uh, now, the difference here is John actually does make it through. Now, we knew he was going to survive somehow, but I really like how this was done. Amanita, who is a lantern that we saw, this was pre-Emerald Twilight Volume 3. This is a mushroom-type alien. And I, I confirmed this with Jeffrey Thorne. I asked him, did Amanita actually sacrifice himself? And he said yes. What we saw was Amanita explode into spores and form a life-sustaining cocoon around Jon Stewart. So Amanita's gone. Now, I was, a little, you know, I, I was wondering if that would happen because Amanita, if I remember correctly from Volume 3, we learned that Amanita was actually very, very old. I think at one point, even he said he was older than the Guardians or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, maybe it's a Groot scenario where, you know, the spores come back together or whatever. It was a very Groot move uh, to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. But that, child that is, is in a Groot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no, that is not the case. Jeffrey said that Amanita is gone. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we see, John, interesting here, we see so that... Amanita's gone forever from the first sport to the last. <laughs> uh, we end now... Yeah, Sorry. save the yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we see an interesting scenario here. John all of a sudden on the beach with Cat Matui. Mm. So now you know obviously something is very odd here. Absolutely, yeah. Because obviously, you know, we know Kat Matui's gone. That's a very different time in John's history. And John's looking around, and of course he's enjoying being with Katma, who wouldn't be. Um, yeah, I can't blame him there. <laughs> yeah, but then we see that John realizes, he, you know, he grabs her and says, you're not my wife. This isn't right. And then we see John finally come to it in reality, and he's on a planet called Sergilon. And we're introduced to Sakari and her daughter. It's either Elo or Ilo. I'm going to say Ilo because... I say, I say Ilo because that's what's spelled. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's... You know, anyway, so I, I thought, you know, Ilo, Elo. I was thinking Milo, so maybe it's Ilo. Anyway, so that's why you turn in... That's why you tune into the Emerald Echo is for, you know, lessons in phonetics and things like that. So, yeah. Anyway, so we see Sakari... And next to the alphabet would be Gilo, but that's neither <laughs> So we see John awaken, and Sakari is the one who has rescued him and has sustained him on this planet. It's interesting to note, when you see him wake up, one of the first things you notice, he has a full beard, and his hair is a little longer, a little shaggier than we're used to seeing with John Stewart. So you get a clue right away, some time has passed. We're starting, we're starting to get a sense... Because remember when Jeffrey was here last episode where he said, you know, the events that we saw in Future State could still play out, but differently because mm -hmm. things have changed. Well, we're in a different scenario, but you can kind of see the story evolving into a similar path with the way John looks. And yeah. The planet they're on looks very similar to the locales of future state kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, one of the things that 
really seems to be a big deal in this issue. And I'm not saying that I have all the answers here because I don't think Jeffrey Thorne intends for us to have all the answers here yet. Right. We see that Sakari talks about the events on Sergilon in terms of like centuries. She recounts all these events that take years and decades. And John's like, this can't be right because the barrier only went up a few weeks ago. How are you saying that all this history happened when it can't have been that old? What what I'm wondering now is, you remember that Jeffrey Thorne said that John's story in Future State took place 14 years in the future. Is John in some kind of accelerated timeline now where the other lanterns aren't, where they're in a scenario where a few months have passed. Let's see, it says 145 days pass. But does John end up in a scenario where he's kind of vaulted forward in an accelerated timeline, whereas outside the barrier, things are time is running differently? Interesting. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know if that's where Jeff is going, but I could see that. Because there was that confusion. Where yeah. it's like, uh, even well, I was he, like, wait, wait a minute, how can it happen that long ago for her, those events, but for, doesn't make, doesn't make logical sense, right? Right, and she and mentioned... They even like, call, and, I'm not, and that's not an insult to Jeff, they even call no. out on the issue. No, I don't, I, don't think he, I don't think he means for us to have all the answers at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Sakari doesn't know who the Guardians are. Like, John mentions them, and she's like, who are the Guardians? Well, isn't this this place is part of the uncharted territory, right? So, mm-hmm. the dark sectors, yes. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, the the fact that she wouldn't know who the guardians is makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not knowing certain things would also make sense from a guardian point of view because if these are really dark sectors. Well, and that's another question that has yet to be answered. Where are the guardians? <clears throat> You know, did some people? You know, think, according to the Joker in 1989, they're at home washing their tights. But I don't. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but Most. you know, did, were they destroyed on Oa? I, I don't know. That doesn't seem likely. That all the Guardians would get taken out by the battery exploding. I, oh, listen, I'm not taking anything for granted now because right. you know Jeff is keeps saying anyone, no one's safe. So yeah, or maybe the Guardians. Uh, it, it, yeah, it could be. We don't. I don't get the think an- they're dead, but yeah, or not we all of them anyway. Yeah, we don't get the answer to that question here. Yeah. So, again, we don't have the answer to that. John seems to be in some kind of timeline with with in this barrier here. That yeah, I, again and again, I don't I don't know. It doesn't. There doesn't seem to be any any type of long range communication here. So. We don't see any other lanterns, at least in John's part of the story. Now, we, we there's a second part of the story. We don't see any other lanterns communicate with John to tell him what's going on. What we eventually see after John, you know, he spends time, you know, getting to know uh, Sakari and Ilo, the Quinari show up, the Quinuri, excuse me. They show up, and it's interesting. I have to ask, I was like, how did the Quinuri like get in this barrier how did they have access here and so i still think that 
I still think that something is related to that attack on the Guardian. There's got to be more forces at play here, I think, than just the magic wielders from the gem world. And I I'm not saying so. I'm not saying that I have all the answers here, but I think this is bigger than just those two events of w that we saw initially. I, I would concur with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so now what's really cool is John goes to confront the Quinuri and he is wearing this jacket that he got made for him by Sakari and Ilo. And this is a cool looking jacket. It's a cool-looking Green Lantern, kind of a custom uniform that he's wearing. Be, it would almost be like, when I saw it, I'm like, okay, so this is kind of like Jon Stewart channeling his inner Guy Gardner. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, now, my real, when I saw it, I'm like, okay, I have two questions. One, would Donnie buy a replica of this jacket? Which my my personal answer to, to that question would be yes, and two, how badly does Donnie want an action figure of this particular version of John Stewart? Donnie was just getting ready to say that. Who would buy an action figure of this? This guy. <laughs> I'd buy two or three actually. So uh, of course you would. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd steal one of those three, but that's I digress. Yeah. But so <laughs> we see though that John is he's kind of overwhelmed by the Quinuri, and he's. It's some kind of electrocution here, so he doesn't make it very far, and we see him kind of falling out of the sky, and then the Quinuri leader saying, okay, go get me that ring. So John's in a bad way when this part of the story ends. Absolutely. Uh, it's funny because... When, when John goes out there all confident and heroically... You think, all right, we're getting, you know, because you're, we're getting, you know, he's going to have a big, you know, a big moment. You know, this is kind of like his, you know, uh, it's time to shine. And then he, he ends up getting just decimated in that moment. And again, the striking visual, like we've seen, I'm fairly certain Jon Stewart's not going to die in this run because he's the, he's the centerpiece. But as you know, Jeffrey Thorne alluded to, he, you know, because he loves the character, he's going to put him through his paces, and you definitely see that in this issue, with you know, almost choking to death in space, you know, uh, at the beginning of the issue, and then here now getting electrocuted and, and sort mm -hmm. of, you know, taken out. Yeah, and, and it's funny when it says. Uh, next issue, and it kind of gives an illusion to. I almost thought that was the end. I'm like, oh, okay, the issue's over, and then I, I yeah, I realized it wasn't. I'm like, okay, there's more. Yeah. So you know, we also got an answer to, and I, I want to say, I like the way Jeff handled the questions of how does John survive without his ring. You saw that um, that Sakari was like a chemopath, and uh, Jeff said that this is actually a nod to Star Trek these the the spiny things or whatever that she had hooked into john it was probing his mind giving him a little bit of history and i think she said other things basically i guess acclimating his body to his new environment yes but the story didn't get bogged down in that like trying no, it was to, very yeah. star trek and i like it because yeah. you know i'm a star trek fan so yeah. you know with jeff 
Jeff wants to keep putting in some Star Trek references. Yeah. Yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah. So that that's how he survives is she helps them survive, but yes. he didn't he didn't bog the story down trying to tell every little intricate detail that would have yeah. been like like a, you know a slog to try to get through. So Right. Uh, no, I liked it was just the right amount. And I like the interaction between John and and Ilo, like the kid. Yes. You can see and I think that in part you can see his interactions with Kelly maybe have affected him and sort of he's getting better with kids. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Now, so, you know me, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Fan of shipping or, or mushy, mushy, mushy stuff in these books. <laughs> but could you see something developing romantically between John and... and, and Sakari? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it could be. It's too early on to, like, speculate on that. I think it's hard. But that they've obviously spent a lot I of time. I really like to incorporate, you know, John and Sakari forever from the first like, telepathic link up to the last. Yeah, I really like to incorporate that. Okay, so oh. what, what what mashup name would they go? <laughs> okay, so we got John and what's the uh, Sakari? Sakari, yeah. John Kari. Yeah, no. See? <laughs> uh I don't know how these kids do this, bull, this shit. Man. Stu Ari? Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. yeah, it could be it. could be it, yeah. Know. Come on, come know. on, Jeff. Which one do you like? Which of those two do you like? Tell us. Come on. Use it in one of the books. Come on, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey. You know you want to. You know you want to play Kate to the, the Tumblr crowd. You know. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but again, that's how the issue ends, <laughs> is John trying to stop the Quinuri and... Well, doesn't yeah. really end. Like, yeah, there's more well, to his, it. his story, not the Yeah. As far as the second story, the second part of the story, at least, yeah. we finally get some answers as to how certain lanterns are doing. Okay. Joe Mullane, she's back on Oa. She's now in kind of this like diplomatic role because she's the last lantern standing. Uh, this is tough for her. We see Isamot Cole, who I'm going to guess, and again, this is my speculation. Don't take this as gospel, but Isamot Cole, I think, is seems to be dead. He's floating in space. Maybe the like the pack that he has on is sustaining him. I'm not sure, but he's not he's not moving. Uh, we see Princess Ayalande on a planet where she is fighting some creatures, so she's alive but in a bad way. Kyle, as you remember from the last issue, he was depowered out in space, but there were like some astronaut type of beings around him. Yeah. They they seem to have taken him into a ship, but whether that's for good or for bad, we don't know yet. Uh, he's hooked up to some kind of machine that seems to suggest that he's alive. And that's what Jeff said, that most of the, the at least probably all of the human titular lanterns will survive in some form. So, You're really clinging to that, aren't you? You just you know, yeah. <laughs> well, I and, yeah, I think it makes sense that he has. Yeah. Jeff, do us a favor. We, we can't take any more uh, heartache. The leaf's lost. We're we're in a state of sadness already. Don't uh, just belay any plans for Kyle. Negative plans for <laughs> you know a good six or seven months, please. Let's uh, yeah. process this. Well, you know he. Oh. he he did suggest that there's some big plans for Kyle that come up. And, you know, some of, like, my favorite stories with Kyle is when, he has, when he's been in a bad way. You know, when he was 
for a while he was parallax. We saw him, you know, yeah. tortured at one point. Yeah. If it's a good story, I, I, you know, Kyle doesn't have to win at, you know, win out every single time. So, well, if it's anything like uh, like the DC poll, uh, yeah, he did win. Yeah. It'll be great. I mean, I mean really. But I, uh, side note, real quick side note. Um, <laughs> Green Lantern. What was the series meant to be called? Um, Underworld on fire. Green Lantern Underworld on Fire essentially, unfortunately, had the same kind of run the Leafs had in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It started out great, looked looked promising, uh, looked like we were going to move on, move to the next round, and then shenanigans happened. <laughs> Green but Lantern I, actually, we actually it actually advanced a couple rounds though. It, it's got a little bit better track record than yeah, the Leafs. Yeah, it, everything. Well, yeah. what doesn't have better track record than the Leafs? Okay, anyway, continue. Before I get off on the, uh, before I get off this like part of the story here, yeah. Rotlop fan mm-hmm. also alive on a raft on some planet where he's again on a raft in the middle of the ocean on this planet. Sure. Aresia Rab in a very bad way out in space, Rolling. A, a depowered ring. Now, will her alien physiology save her? I don't know. It's not looking good for her though. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that are in perilous positions. Some mm-hmm. are seemingly dead. Others, you know, are on, uh, near the end. Really, you know, I think now when Jeff says nobody's safe, we should start probably believing it. Yeah, yeah. So that is as far as, well, there's a couple of more lanterns that we'll talk about here. Right. But, uh, we see that, you know, so Journal Lane is working with, you know, counselors from the United Federation of Planets to try to find out what happened, to try to locate the other lanterns. She's struggling here, obviously, in this role. But it's funny because, you know, it's interesting. Her being the sort of the ambassador now for the Green mm-hmm. Lantern, the representative, mm-hmm. it mirrors her, the role she had in, in, in uh, Far Sector to a degree. She mm-hmm. kind of did a similar thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, she learned about, you know, the, I guess the kind of, uh, you know, uh, the politics of, you know, being a Green Lantern in this kind of scenario. Yeah. So now she is in somewhat of a similar scenario now. Yeah. However, we do learn the fate of another Lantern, and that is Simon Baz. Now, as you remember, last oh, issue... Oh, Phil Bobo's favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Simon was injured, and he was on the ground when we saw him last. Kelly Quintella had shielded him using her gauntlet, but it looked like maybe his ring had exploded. There was blood all over him. He did survive. His arm has taken some damage. So what he has now is he has been healed with a cybernetic-like cast that goes over the arm. And it has an interesting function. It kind of reminds me of Hordak, where it can, like, form its own weapons. And you see him form, like, this blaster, this huge gun out of it. And so we see him and Sojourner talking, and he makes an interesting comment, Simon does. You know, Simon, when he first broke onto the scene, he carried a gun with him. And eventually Batman got him to, like, forego that. And he was like, you know, that's kind of the feral part of yourself. 
But here we see Simon say, I always knew my ring would fail me. So we see that he he was kind of of two minds about that. Yes, he wanted to put away the gun, but there was part of him that was doubting whether the ring would always be there for him. Right. So we see him make a gun here. And uh, yeah, it's just an interesting character development that we see there. Um, but I think he's in a different place where his, oh, like, his yeah. first reaction is not, let me get my gun out. Mm-hmm. Well, here he obviously, I mean, they are severely under undermanned here, the Green Lanterns, you know, with just Joe and Kelly Quintella on Oa. Uh, that's it. We do see another lantern later on. I'll get to that. But we also see that uh, Kelly sees Simon. And I, that, just before you get to that, I like, the, I like Joe trying to relate to her and trying to get it open up. Yeah. And how she was in a state where she wasn't talking, you know, and that made a lot of sense because if you, when you go through something that traumatic, you can't just carry on like nothing, nothing happened. Well, remember Jeffrey Thorne likened it to a kid going through nine eleven. Yeah. Now that is a powerful image there. Yeah. Yeah. But she's overjoyed that Simon's alive. Right. And like I said last week, or last episode, I really like that that big brother, little sister dynamic they got going on. And mm-hmm. so that moment was nice. You know, it was very touching to see. I enjoyed it. Yeah, after the cataclysm, it's nice to have you know a, a small few respite. Yeah, 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 a small respite. That's a good way to put it. A small respite, a moment of hope. You know, as the lanterns are kind of sifting through all this carnage. So. This issue, this story, ends with, you know, the 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 calls are going out to uh, any surviving lanterns. Right. And we see, now we already knew this from Future State, but we see what looks like the Hall of Justice, Hal Jordan, his ring's still functioning, and we know now, we remember Cyborg built him some sort of device. I don't think they ever, like, fleshed it out some sort of device that kind of amplifies the remaining energy in his ring, and he constructs that chip and goes to Oa. That seems to be the moment that he is in now, that he knows there has been some awful event, and he's got to get to Oa. So Hal's alive, Hal's got his ring, and that should be the next step here. It says the next issue, suspects. So There's going to be some interrogation and detective work going on. Mm-hmm. And I think Joe is going to be at the center of that because mm-hmm. I mean that's her, that's her bread and butter. So, well, she's got a lot of investigating to do because, like I said, I, I really like that Jeffrey Thorne is setting up so many different like story threads where you don't have all the answers yet, and yeah. it could really go so many ways. Yeah, it's very unpredictable, and I like the structure of the book too because you know with with John's storyline. Joe's storyline, it very much feels like a, a television series in, in structure and stuff like that. I, I, I'm digging it. So you you can kind of tell, you know, Jeff's other writing, you know, seeping, you know, like that kind of structure seeping into this. And I really think it works. Um, uh, in, in, in so far here, I'm liking it. I'm loving it. I also need to point out here, uh, in the book, 
DC Pride number one. This is a special that is coming out. Uh, Alan Scott has a story in this. Okay. So for yeah. Green Lantern fans, DC Pride number one coming out this month. So. We have to schedule a special um, Alan Scott episode to talk to talk more about the casting, but also you know his his you know pick three or four of his classic appearances or his, his, and read them. So we'll have to schedule that at some point uh, for sure. But uh, yeah. So, um, but I guess we can go ahead and uh, read the issue. Mm -hmm. So remember, we do five for story and five for art. So, yeah. Or you mean we rate? Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, actually, um, let me say this because there's two distinct parts to this story. the The first one, I'm going to give the writing a five and the art a four point five. The only criticism I have, and I'm sorry, Tom, if you're watching this, there were a couple of times that the expressions were a little questionable. Like there was, you know, when when John is having that dream where Sakari had like Sakari has like the Abdul the Butcher eyes, and I'm like, wait a minute. It, she has like a reaction here, like she's an evil character, but she's not, as far as we know. So I'm gonna give the art a four point five there, writing a five. As far as the the Joe story, that's the Santucci part. I'm gonna give the writing a five there and the art a five there too. So Yeah, for me. Stories for the first part, John's for John's story, that sounds like a story in itself, but for John's story, uh, it's going to get a five. Mm -hmm. And the art by, by Tom Rainey, I'm going to say, yeah, I get a four and a half as well. Um, I, I see what you're saying in regarding the issue that you have with it. It's still fantastic work. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially the stuff where they're out in space, I really, you know, and and, that, and, and the image yeah. of him, you know, gasping for air, that was yeah. really shocking. So, yeah. still great work for uh, Joe, Joe's story, uh, and the Marco Santucci stuff. The, again, the writing is a five, the story is a five, and the art is a five. Uh, Marco Santucci is quickly becoming one of my favorite current artists. Let's see, no let me see if I can get a good shot of this here. This, yeah, yeah, that's, this, that's terrifying. That's almost like body horror. You yeah, know, like that. I mean, for, this issue for this alone, this this panel alone, you should buy this issue. So yeah, yeah you know, I uh, this this moment was just amazing. And again, you know, the the sacrifice of, of Amanita. I I just really liked how John survived. So yeah. Yeah, agreed. So, so it looks like we have come to the end here, sir. We have. and uh, But the good news is, just because the show is over, the conversation can continue. So, Donnie, where can, they, where can our viewers, listeners, whatever, uh, get in touch with you and, and continue the Green Lantern discussion? You can find me on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast. Let's talk wrestling. Let's talk comics. Let's talk collectibles. Let's talk Green Lantern. Sounds like a plan. And if you want to talk comics, superheroes, wrestling, whatever you want to talk about, uh, we can do that. 
at Adam underscore Leesfan on Twitter. The show, uh, the podcast network Twitter account is at MMNPDC. Um, we have a Facebook group, which the links are below. Click it. I will add you, and we can continue the conversation there. But until next time, remember that the Green Lanterns are forever. From the first time that uh, Jeffrey Thorne puts Jon Stewart in peril <laughs> to the last. So long, everybody. So long, everyone. <laughs>